Hello everyone and welcome back to the Commander's Forge. My name is Andy Bentley and the Forge is an area for me to talk about magic, commander, and honestly anything else while I try and, you know, roughhouse my mental health out of the gutter. And failing. Because I don't know what I'm doing. Now, this episode is being recorded early, again, because I'm... Present Andy will be returning from the Bahamas this weekend and we don't want to have to rush and try and get something out. So I did talk about in the last episode how I would go over some of the things I would like to see in a secret lair or in universes beyond more specifically and maybe how I would use those things. So I kind of just want to jump in with the low-hanging fruits first. Marvel and DC. So hear me out. As secret layers, I think there should you could do like multiple teams from each IP as a secret layer, right? Like in the DC, you could have you know, the core Justice League, and then you could have the Teen Titans, and you could have, you know, their, uh, uh, what's their supernatural one called, but you could have them too. And then on the Marvel side, you know, you could have, like, your core Avengers, you could have your core X-Men, and then you could have, like, the Deadpool stuff, right? I, I just, I think that would be a cool idea. Now, let's move into something else that's not quite as low-hanging fruit as that because I, I'm pretty sure Marvel's pretty high on anybody's list, and DC, while they've been fumbling the ball recently, is still, you know, like the second most popular comic book company, so kind of lump them together. I actually kind of want to look at... Well, honestly, the Percy Jackson universe. And I think you could get a full set out of that. So hear, hear me out. Between the five original Percy Jackson books, then the five Heroes of Olympus books, then the five Trials of Apollo books, and now you're getting into the Will and Nico books, I think there's enough world lore that you could totally do that as a full set and honestly if you wanted to do the gods you could also do them as dual faced gods so you have the Greek version on one side and the Roman version on the other which I think would be a fun dichotomy if that makes any sense right like the what are the main differences between you know Zeus and Jupiter not a ton but one is more wild energy and one is more discipline. You know what I mean? So take that how you will. Uh, I grew up reading the Percy Jackson books and I really enjoy them. I still enjoy them from time to time when I'm kind of in a slump for books to read, right? And I have one more that I would like to talk about. That is the Ranger's Apprentice 
is a book series, it's a young adult book series that I've enjoyed for many years that I think has enough content that you could get full set out of this. So, you know, it follows majorly one guy as the main character, but you slowly pick up other main characters and by the end of, you know, the 15 or so books there are, he's built a world that is, well, full, right? And so I think you could get away with books like that. Books that have enough, or book series that have enough content. We're not going to talk about one in particular because the person who wrote it is a trash person that needs to just stop. Uh, that said, I am going to pull this one to a, to a break, and when I get back, I'm going to talk about something. I don't know what it is yet. It'll, it'll be a surprise. I'll be right back. Hey, I just want to take a minute to tell you about my Patreon. I know times are hard for everybody, and I know it isn't easy to shuffle around bills and stuff. Believe me, I know that. But if you would like to help support the podcast and me, you can find the links to my Patreon in my link tree, which is always put into the description of either the video or the audio, wherever you're listening to it. It would really mean the world to me. Honestly, I'm just struggling to make ends meet most weeks. But that's it. That's all. If you want to help, the links will be where you can find them. Alright, and I'm back. And I decided what I want to talk about. I'm going to talk about a deck. I didn't... I, obviously, I, that was always the plan. I want to talk about my Theoden King of Rohan deck. I've been uh, singing the praises for the Lord of the Rings set for a while now. And I built this with a good chunk of cards from... Uh, said set, uh, but you know, I also got a bunch of other stuff in there. So, uh, let's start with Theoden, King of Rohan. He's one, a red and a white for a two, three human noble. Whenever he or another human enters the battlefield under your control, target creature gains double strike until end of turn. So, when I sat down to build this, I had three thoughts. The first one was. How can I push the most damage with this? The second one was, how many tokens do I want to include in here? And the third one was, how much do I dedicate to creatures versus non-creatures, right? And I, I kind of started with like a base uh, couple of creatures... Uh, the the first one here is actually Champion of the Parish. Single white for a 1-1 one, one human soldier. Whenever another human enters the battlefield under your control, you put a plus one plus one counter on Champion of the Parish. Is this just a dorky little 1-1 one, one for one? Yes, but when your dorky little 1-1 one, one for one has three plus one plus one counters on it and then gets double strike, 
you start pushing a lot of damage because people are going to have to start blocking and you're getting one of two things. You're either removing their resources from the board to block your stuff or you're removing their life total, right? Uh, and one of the best cards I had in a game with this was actually Adriana, Captain of the Guard. So that is three, a red and white for a 4-4 four, four human knight with melee. And that doesn't come up very often, so that is an ability that says whenever this creature attacks, it gets plus one, plus one, till end of turn for each opponent you attack this combat. She also says other creatures you control have melee. So th this gets pretty screwy because if you have three opponents and you attack all three of your opponents, all of your creatures will get plus three, plus three. With the double strikes you're throwing around, it, it adds up very fast. Now, to tie into the tokens, I actually have a Lord of the Rings card that just kind of takes the cake. That's Riders of Rohan. It's three, a red and a white for a 4-4 four, four human knight. When it enters the battlefield, you create two 2-2 two, two red human knight creature tokens with trample and haste. But it has dash for four, a red and a white. So if you dash this out, it enters and can attack. Your two others enter and can attack. And if you have Theoden out and you play this, all three of them now have double strike and can attack. It just, it, it works really well. But also uh, in that token theme, we have the Cemetery Protector, which is two white white for a three four human soldier. It has flash. When it enters the battlefield, exile a card from a graveyard, and whenever you play a land or cast a spell, if it shares a card type with the exiled card, create a 1-1 white human creature token. So chances are we're going to try and get the best creature out of an opponent's library or out of their graveyard, and then every creature we play comes in with an additional 1-1. Rinse and repeat, right? Alright, so now just to kind of focus in more on the Lord of the Rings stuff that I'm running, let's let's get into the endless e-names, shall we? First up, we have Eowyn, Fearless Knight. Two, a red and a white for a 3-4 human knight with haste. When they enter the battlefield, exile target creature and opponent controls with greater power. Legendary creatures you control gain protection from each of that creature's colors until end of turn. So... She's kind of combat tricky, I guess, is the way I would look at this. Uh, next up, we have Urkinbrand, Lord of Westfall. Three in red for a 3-3 human soldier. When Urkinbrand or another human enters the battlefield under your control, creatures you control get plus one, plus zero till end of turn. So you partner this with Theoden, and now your stuff's getting the plus one and double strike, it, it starts adding up very fast. Uh, next, we have uh, Aomer, Aomer, and Aomer. First up is Aomer of the Rittermark. It's four and a red for a 5-4 human knight. It has haste. And whenever Aomer of the Rittermark attacks, if you control a creature with the greatest power among creatures on the battlefield, 
create a 1-1 white human soldier creature token. Uh, yeah, sure, there are times when other people play bigger things than us. But that's what the removal's for, so we're fine. Next up is Aomer King of Rohan, which is three, a red and a white for a 2-2 human noble with double strike. Uh, Aomer King of Rohan enters the battlefield with a plus one plus one counter on it for each other human you control, and when Aomer enters the battlefield, target player becomes the monarch. Aomer deals damage equal to its power to any target. So... This just does a lot. So when it enters, it enters big because it's going to have the counters on it. And then its second ability, you can make yourself the monarch and then dome anything else equal to his power. Uh, which again, just helps push damage, which is why it's in the deck. And finally, we have Aomer Marshal of Rohan 2, a red and a red for a 4-4 human knight with haste. Whenever one or more other attacking legendary creatures you control die, untap all creatures you control. After this phase, there's an additional combat phase. This ability triggers only once each turn. So he is going to be kind of like our end game if we can... Uh, get him and a few other legendaries out and if they decide to block we just try and make sure that that creature dies in that combat and we get to attack again or more likely we have a sack outlet swing for a bunch before the end of combat sacrifice an attacking legendary creature untap and do it again uh, now I am looking at some of the other stuff I have in here I do want to talk about one more from the Lord of the Rings stuff, and that is Baragond of the Guard. Three and a white for a 3-3 human soldier. Whenever Baragond of the Guard or another human enters the battlefield under your control, creatures you control get plus one, plus one, and vigilance until end of turn. When I was first looking at building a human's deck with this stuff, I honestly was considering him as the commander just because I, I could, you know, mono white soldiers. I've already technically done that, but you know, it just, it spoke to me and my love of, you know, building mono white decks to rub it in the face of everybody that says mono white's bad. All right, let's round this out with a few more, uh, extra fun legendary creatures. So, starting this off, we have our good old-fashioned Tajik, Blade of the Legion. Which is two, a red and a white, for a 2-2 human soldier with indestructible, which is the important bit. And then it has battalion, whenever it and at least two other creatures attack, he gets plus five, plus five till end of turn, so he can turn himself into a 7-7. Seven, seven. Indestructible is a good way to dodge a lot of removal and stuff as long as it's not exiling. So that's why we like to have him. Now, Tajik Legion's Edge is one, a red and a white, for a 3-2 human soldier with haste. Mentor, which is whenever this creature attacks, put a plus one plus one counter on target attacking creature with lesser power. 
And then you prevent all non-combat damage that would be dealt to other creatures you control, and you can pay a red and a white to give him first strike until end of turn. Is he as good as his original printing? No, but he does still play a good vital role. Uh, next up, we have the uh, newest of the cards to come out that I have put in this deck, and that is Ash, Party Crasher. Red and white for a 2-2 human peasant with haste, and it has celebration. Whenever Ash Party Crasher attacks, if two or more non-land permanents enter the battlefield under your control, this turn, put a plus one plus one counter on Ash. Uh, she's in here mostly because she's just a hasty, fast-hitting human, and we incidentally make just a bunch of tokens, so it kind of fit. Uh, and the last one we want to talk about is our good old friend, Iroas, God of Victory, which is the only creature in the deck that is not a human. Or a soldier, for that matter. Iroas, God of Victory, is two, a red and white, for a 7-4, well, you guessed it, God. It has indestructible, as long as your devotion to red and white is less than seven, Iroas isn't a creature. The most important line of text on this, though, is creatures you control have menace, followed by prevent all damage that would be dealt to attacking creatures you control. This is Boros combat control at its best, and that's why it deserved to be in here. Now, I kind of just want to end it there, right? I don't have a ton much more to talk about by the time you're listening to this i will be basically just getting home from the bahamas or passed out in my bed so that said i hope you all have a wonderful whatever time you happen to listen to this but i will see you next time Bye bye thank you for listening all of my links can be found in my link tree in the description below I would like to thank Ian Foss and Cody Mulpey of the band The Crypt for allowing me to use music for my opening and ending, along with Nate and Erica Jacobs for making my original logo, and I would also like to thank Christina McNichol for creating my new logo. And I'll see you next time.